On 89.9 Delight, you're in conversation with Clayton, and it is uh, just wonderful by the wonders of Zoom to have a chat to Kim Billington. She is the author of the new book, A Counselor's Companion, Creative Adventures for Child Counselors, Parents and Teachers, and I'm really looking forward to having a chat to Kim today. Great to have you on with us. Thank you, Kim. Thank you so much, Clayton. It's great to be here. Uh, let's briefly, you know, we, we've got the little subline there, you know, the subheading of what this book is, but um, we often say, look, 20 or 30 second summary that you have to give somebody to say what this book's about. What, what is it? Well, if you're living with or um, teaching or being with children in a counselling or psychology setting, you have to meet children initially where they're at. And children are filled with creativity and playfulness, even amid serious problems. Um, they might not show that to their parents, but as soon as they get to the, the playground or the young people get on social media, they are their playful, creative selves. And so we meet them there in that special place. Yeah, wonderful. We're going to get you to actually explore a couple of those different things that maybe we even might be able to do with our own kids or, if, again, we're a teacher <laughs> or whatever, as we go through this interview. So looking forward to that. Let's cover off a little bit of your journey of, of how you've got here to this place where you're actually putting out a, a book like this. Is is counselling and this sort of idea of um, looking after uh, children and, and their, I suppose, psychological as well as emotional well-being always been a part of your, your, your upbringing? Were you sort of one of those kids who was always looking after the other kids when you were growing up? Not really. I think I struggled with, uh, in, you know, in my family of origin, as many people do. And um, and so I have kind of like a lived experience of what a, a lot of the children who come to counselling um, maybe have gone through. Um, but, but also I've been a teacher uh, for a few years and only in teaching did I realise I wanted to work with the families that were struggling with things that were nothing to do with education and so I moved into counselling and um, I work still with families and children as well as training counsellors now. Yeah um, th that move into counselling was that um, just something that you went oh my goodness the the passion <laughs> that I've got now I, I just have to do it or was it still a big step to, to, to no. go away from a teaching degree and then you know move into here? No, it wasn't a big step. My mum was a psychologist and uh, I remember she was a mature age student and she would be sitting, you know, on the balcony in Perth where we lived at the time with, with all her papers and books and uh, audio cassettes of experts in the psychology field and I would just sit drinking it in. I like that. That's the way, isn't it, as you, you realise oh. this, is, this is part of what it was. As you discovered that and, you know, ha, you know suddenly here I am in, in counselling, I think some people... Um, hear counselling and go, oh, my goodness, I couldn't think of a worse profession. Um, here I am hearing everyone's problems the whole time um, and then I've got to help them. And then <laughs> suddenly now they've, they've unburdened and, uh, and I'm holding it all. Um, how do you actually go through that process of making sure you're not holding other people's problems too, too tightly in your own life? Well, I think the, the approach for most counsellors and psychologists is we don't uh, fool ourselves into thinking we can help everybody. It's called the helping profession, but we have our skills and experience and strategies and techniques and, and coaching um, ideas, but the, it's the client that has to do the work, really. So we make ourselves and our skills available to the children, the young people and the parents, the adults that, or groups that, that come and seek support and reach out for help. But at the end of the day, um, we're, we're present to them. And then just like the brain surgeon is present to his job 
for that three hours and then goes home. We also do the same. Yeah. Um, interestingly, too, as you, you've explored what this book is specifically, you know, A Counselor's Companion, it is really targeted to uh, helping parents and teachers and adults understand what is going uh, yeah. on for kids. But clearly there's a passion for you around actually helping children. This happens to be to help those who are around them. Um, <laughs> where does the, the passion for helping kids and, and their emotional well-being come from? Well, I'm a parent of adult children now and I've got a grandchild and I've watched um, not only my own children struggle at different times in different areas, but also their friends and, you know, those that um, didn't quite make it into adulthood, those that chose to say, you know, life might not be worth living. And so that desire to be there as problems emerge rather than at the end when it's possibly too late, I think that's what really turned the, um, the key and opened the door for me and uh, stepping through into, into supporting people with mental health problems. Yes, as you said, it's something a lot of people might not want, but that's the passion for me. Yeah, it's wonderful. Um, and the decision, uh, as you, you've written this book, as we said, it's, it's targeted at adults to help the, the kids. Um, you know, you could have said, well, actually, I've now got a lot of experience working with children as well. I could write a book for kids. Um, why the choice to actually say, look, I'm going to target this at those around the children rather than at the children themselves? Yeah, I actually think there's a lot of apps out there for young people. There's a lot of books around, you know, bullying or worries or, you know, you name it. There's a children's book about anxiety or, you know, what to do with a problem. Then there are fantastic resources for children. But I, I, I actually train a lot of uh, counsellors coming through Monash University on their placements in the counselling programme, the Masters of Counselling programme, and really no university course ever can provide all of their students with you know a really thorough curriculum and and what I saw was missing was the child and adolescent counseling um, teaching and the strategies of the things that can be done in a counseling session yeah um, we're going to come back in a couple of moments and, and talk about some of these but before we we do that just a, a, a I suppose a an ability for, for us to be a bit confident. Um, you've written this guide. It's for you know child counsellors, for parents and teachers. Now, they all have something to do with kids, clearly, but, boy, there's some different experiences and some different um, understandings and skills that each of those, those areas have. Um, have you looked at this book to say, well, you know what, all right, parents, you may not have a, a, a trained degree in something and you might not you know, go to professional development about these things, but you know your kids best and that's why it's here. Or do you have to target it differently to each of those sorts of groups, to counsellors and teachers and parents? Do you actually have to speak to them differently? At one level you do, but at, at another we've got to understand that every adult has a PhD in childhood. Yeah, They have their own childhood. And as an adult, if they've got anything to do with children, they're going to be triggered uh, and react to a lot of the emotions, a lot of the situations that emerge, and then it becomes this um, intergenerational problem that can come down, whether it's grandma had anxiety, mum had anxiety, now the teenager's got anxiety, you know, whatever it is. Um, every adult has got this. Sometimes it's called baggage, but I like to call it like a PhD in, in being a child. 
I, I like that. That's a, a much better way to frame it for us, isn't it? As we, we get through. <laughs> Kim Billington is my guest. She is the author of the book, A Counselor's Companion, Creative Adventures for Child Counselors, Parents and Teachers. We're going to be back and talk some of those practical ideas that uh, Kim has shared in the book. We won't be able to go through the whole book. That's why it's the book. But uh, she'll share a few of it with us. So whichever part you might be playing in that, you're going to get something from Kim in just a moment here on 89.9 The Light. In conversation with Clayton. On 89.9 The Light, you're in conversation with Clayton and really enjoying our chat with Kim Billington. She's the author of this new book, A Counselor's Companion, Creative Adventures for Child Counselors, Parents and Teachers. And as we've heard, uh, Kim has a huge amount of experience and teachers, uh, counselors now herself as well and and mentors them. Uh, But you've written this book, Kim, not for those who are just, you know, studying counselling. It's actually for as the byline is there, child counsellors, parents, teachers, and um, we all need an area to help our kids as they're creatively exploring and understanding what life is uh, for them and moving forward and hopefully improving their lives as they go. Um, we've teased it enough. We've said you're going to give us a few tips out of this yes. book that is going to help <laughs> us. Uh, can you, you, well, let's start with one and we'll see how many we can get in. All right. Well, the first thing, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll stick, stick with parenting for now because a parent may also be a counsellor. So, you know, if a, if a child comes along and says they've got a problem, I might say, well, let's draw a few circles and uh, write in each circle what are some of the problems. Yeah. So I might draw five or six circles. And then when, once the problems are there, either with a teacher or a friend or stress or night worries, whatever it is, um, I'll make sure there's always one empty uh, because uh, that's what I, my whole principle is, reality therapy. Well, this is life. Uh, you know, another one will arrive, just a matter of time. But let's look at the scaling of these. Which, which is the really biggest problem that you're facing? Because if, as an adult, you assume the bully at, at uh, school is the biggest problem, that might be false. So best to ask the child, what's the top one? Let's see. And then also at the same time, get another piece of paper and say, well, what's important to you? What are your hopes and your strengths and what do you believe is important in this world even if a child's only seven I'm telling you they know they already have their values emerging so um, I really make sure that parents or or counsellors don't stay too problem focused they make sure there's this balance Um, but the scaling of the problem I mean again creative ways I love to use that um, the fire danger sign where it goes from low to moderate high very high, severe, extreme, catastrophic. And I'll say to people, did the problem ever get to catastrophic? I have never yet come across anyone, um, child or teenager or even parent, who said, no, it got to, you know, got to catastrophic. Um, you know, normally they would say, yes, it's extreme. And even if it's two children fighting at home, you've got that um, little coloured um, half-circle image on the fridge maybe, you can say to the children, Um, if there's been a big problem, uh, well, how far did it get? Um, And, uh, you know, where would you like to pull it back to, you know? So you're using a scaling. The uh, the other thing, uh, Clayton, is to make sure we're using our time to teach our children about emotions. So I suggest every family and every school teacher um, gets a hold of an emotion chart of some kind that, that is suitable for the age group that they're working with. So there's like the Kamochis or you can find them on the internet. 
for adolescents, I tend to go for the emotion wheel. Again, you just Google image emotion wheel and color print uh, this so that the, the young person is sitting there not really wanting to talk, maybe in counseling or even at home, but you might have this on the table at meeting times. So hopefully everyone has family meetings nowadays. But um, <laughs> And you say, okay, well, what are the three feelings you've had uh, in the last week? Uh, or you can, uh, you can make an origami dice, yeah, uh, with six sides, yes. and you put on each side one of the key core emotions. So you've got the six big emotions, the core emotions. You've got uh, curiosity, joy, sadness, fear, anger, and shame. Mm. And you roll the dice, and then when it lands on, okay, even curiosity. When when were you last curious today or yesterday? And in, in these family meetings, which I suggest people have every week, they have this kind of way of talking about emotions so that everyone knows where they're at. And hopefully they can, um, you know, afford a, um, a $2 exercise book from the, um, uh, you know, the little cheap shops around the place or the news agents and write on the cover of the book, you can write family meetings, but I like to write the word the solution book. And then people write in it during the week their problems. And then every week at the family meeting, it's opened, chaired by a different person in the family. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the problem's read out and people can have a discussion. Yeah. If there's an agreement of what to do, it's conditional. It has to be reviewed in a month. You can, we can agree to, to try this new idea to solve a problem and then in a month it's reviewed but the, the book again I don't want to be uh, banging on about this but you, you can't only have problems being discussed you've got to yeah. also have that family meeting to discuss birthdays that are coming up or other special events or anything at all it, it, we have to mix it all up and not only have serious talks when there's a problem. Yeah. Can, can we explore the family meeting a, a little bit more? Because I think as you've sort of said that and, and talked about it more there, it's just sort of more and more gems seem to be coming out, out of it. Um, so when you're saying that, okay, yep, it's not just for, for problems, it's for planning all of it, is it? I'd imagine some go, oh, we're going to have a family meeting. What, what do you mean? So, so what, what's, <laughs> what's, what's, what is the, the aim of the family meeting, first of all, I suppose? And then what are the key components? Yeah, look, I believe the family... Every family is in the business of um, educating children about relationships. So, um, you know, we as the adults, we're like the masters and the apprentices of the other infants, the children, the young people. And so we coach them. Um, we expect reciprocal help. We do things for them. They do things for us. It's a family business. Um, and because of that, we're going to need team meetings to check in how we're all going because there needs to be a feedback loop. Those with the power need to have a place where they sit and have someone else across the table say, I'm actually not happy with that. And then it comes up for discussion in the same way in a, any business, mm. in a team meeting, you do that. And uh, But also, again, celebrate successes at that team meeting. That's the perfect time to say, well, uh, let's put Sam front and centre here now because Sam got a really good award at school today or whatever it is. Yes. And, and and take it in turns for that. But, yeah, it's it's a complaint procedure too, as well as a chance for a parent to say, I'm fed up with the wet towels on the bathroom floor. Yeah. yeah. 
I love that. Um, I, I like how your example is also the example that every single parent also goes with, with the wet towels. But that's a, that's <laughs> another thing uh, alongside. Um, you, part of what you're talking about is, um, you know, the very key part of your book is the creative. And we already see it in what you just described. You know, there's there's colour charts, there's there's books, there's a dice. I love that imagery of a dice rolling up and then, hey, when did we, you know, pushing ourselves to understand that. Um if we take it then aside from the, the team meetings, um, it, what other things can we be looking at, I suppose, in the midst of day-to-day life that we can be creative with to help our children? Well, I, I find it really helpful to find a metaphor. So often a roadblock is a good metaphor or drawing a road map. And to do that, I might say, well, look, let's draw a map of how we get from here to the shops if we're going for a walk or the park, and we actually draw a real roadmap. And they say, look, in in life, we head out in the morning and there's usually a crossroads. And it might be, if you turn left, that's going down the anger track. And if you turn right, it goes down different choices than anger. And and so we can use that as a, a talking point. The problem is, Clayton, most children stop listening to their parents because every time they engage with parents and there's a problem, parents do a lot of talking. They don't use their ears and their eyes as much as their mouths. Their mouths are going, you know, do this, time out. Um, And parents aren't taught to sit and listen and look and then and and feel with their own body, um, you know, the emotional response that the child's going through. So it's a bit like Sarah Woodhouse in the previous interview you did you know she talked about pause acknowledge allow and and that isn't chattering away at the child so children stop listening which is why there is a need out there for counselors and psychologists so that children can go and find a safe place to be heard without judgment and someone that has the experience to support them yeah um a lot of the things you've talked about Kim, uh, are quite visual for kids. And we know that obviously kids can relate to that a lot. Um, Perhaps it's slightly, uh, you know, uh, simplistic, but if we talk about the the different learning styles of someone who is visual, someone who is auditory, someone who's kinesthetic, um, and there's probably variants around that as well, is it important to, to mix up the way that we do that or perhaps more important to understand our child's best way of learning and then try and relate to that? Or is it actually for a kid just important for them to have a bit of all of it? Look, I think uh, it would be great in an ideal world that we had the skills ourselves as parents or teachers or counsellors to do it all. Um, but to be authentically ourselves, um, you, know, you have to at some point trust in, in the, you know, the higher world that the children are going to be brought to you and, and come to you who have, have got something that is, matches what you've got to offer. So I I try and not um, introduce lots of strange things to parents when I'm working with them as a family. I try and find out what they're already doing and ask them to do more of it, except for the nonstop instructional, berating, blaming. In fact, I've got this lovely, on my website, I've got this um, resource. It's called the finger points. Um, So it says, when the finger points in judgment, there are three fingers pointing back to the self. So Mm. what can the parent own? If the parent's blaming the child, is it something maybe the child 
has modelled from the parent? Is it some, something in the environment the parent could do differently that would uh, stop the problem emerging? Yeah. Um, Kim, we're, we're getting close to running out of time, but I, I you know, we're not, as we said, we're not going to be able to cover everything off of this in, incredible book, which is why you've written a book about it. But um, one thing you did mention earlier on was around anxiety in children. And I'm not sure if anxiety in children has increased of recent times and in recent decades, or perhaps now we're just referring to it as anxiety more. But there certainly seems to be more discussion around childhood anxiety, teenage anxiety, these sorts of things. Um, Is there something, and I suppose I asked the question because I'm imagining a lot of families are dealing with this in some way, shape or form. What is best to help a child um, from this perspective around creative ways to, to help them if they are dealing with anxiety? Well, I think anxiety actually is, is a terrible word. It, the word itself doesn't express what it is. If we use the word worries and find a place in our body where we, we can say we can feel that worry, um, it usually involves the um, heart area where the lungs are because when we have a worry, we don't breathe as deeply. And then we put the other hand on the belly taking a breath in through the nose and out through the mouth. What we need to do is is understand that everyone has worry and worry is there, um, you know, like a survival mechanism. We've got to be, have a little bit of alertness, high alertness for danger. Um, The the problem is that uh, we don't have enough real downtime where we can uh, come back to a nice slow pace, deep breathing, sitting back. When I was a child, you know, it was fun to lie on on your back and look at the clouds. Uh, And and there's not enough of that in nature, downtime, where the body goes back to this nice deep breathing and calmness. Uh, From the moment a child wakes up in the modern world, there is activity over and over again and often there's not a rhythm to it so if if children can have a nice rhythm where say an hour over lunch at school uh they could be in hammocks you know i mean you know it's like um we, we we just have this world i think it's an environmental problem um and that the environment is making it harder yeah i suppose as parents we have an opportunity if we we can to grab a a portion and at least sign some time and they might kick back at us at the start oh i'm bored whatever it might be but uh, i think if there's a way we can do that in a real positive sense that i think this can be benefit for our children can't we Mm. yeah um kim we uh i I think we could probably talk about every page in your book uh it would be wonderful but we have run out of time i wish you all the best with it a counselor's companion creative adventures for child counselors parents and teachers and it's been wonderful you can just share a few of Uh, your ideas and thoughts uh, with us. And I'm sure you're going to help so many. You're certainly going to help me with my kids and I'm sure many others as well. Thank you again, Kim. Thanks so much, Clayton. Kim Billington, my guest here on 89.9 The Light.